Welcome to On The Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On The Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On The Spot, now available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming services. Today, I'm sitting down with Siki Moo, founder of Hello Ava. Without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of On the Spot. I am your host, Melinda Garvey, and I am excited as I am every week to bring you another incredible role model to talk to. And today we have a wonderful young woman named Siki Mo, and she has a company called Hello Ava that we're going to hear about, and we're going to hear about her journey. So welcome, Siki. Really great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Honored to be here. Well, before we get started, I like to kind of jump way back. So what I want to know is like, what was your big dream when you were growing up? What did you think you'd be doing? And did you have those big dreams as a young woman, young girl? Yeah, like everyone does. So I grew up overseas in China. So coming from an Asian parents, pretty traditional family, they always give you all these ideas about, you know, how amazing to become a doctor, a teacher or a lawyer. So growing up, I actually never thought that I wanted to become an entrepreneur, but I wanted to, actually for the longest time, I, I, I wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor. And I remember when I was in elementary schools, we have these assignments where you were asked to draw like what you're going to be like in you know 20 years, 30 years. And I always draw myself in this like white coat, looking very professional and very smart, you know, trying to do some kind of you know, diagnosis for people and save people's lives. And that was kind of the the childhood idealistic dream of what I wanted to be. But then that changed pretty quickly. (laughs) So when did that start to change for you? Uh, That started to change when I realized I have more dimensions to myself than just kind of following what parents told you are the prestigious careers, uh, stable careers. Entrepreneurship isn't always the most stable career, huh? Probably the most risky. So I started learning piano, which was uh, thanks to my mother as well. She kind of like, kind of forced me to practice because I didn't really understand what, why I have to practice so much. So she kind of just like, it's not up to you. You have to do it. Uh, she's quite a tiger mom. So, but I'm very uh, thankful for kind of her kind of pushing me a little bit because after a couple of years, I realized I really loved it. So th- towards the end of my middle school and high school, I was one of the pretty good like pianists in both my city and my province. And I was asked to do a lot of performance in the very prestigious halls in our city and actually when I was younger I actually was also asked to do a tour with the like the Chinese our ambassador group and then we toured America and then uh, Europe and a lot of other places and so I realized I actually had a lot of artistic and creative side of me and I love to explore so when I went to college the first job that I like pursued was actually a job at Warner Brothers so that gave me the opportunity to work on the business side of music productions and a record label and this entire business uh, without being a you know artist myself, but it gave me a lot of insight. But that kind of all stemmed from me as a pianist when I was young. Very interesting. So you've done so many different things in your career. And I mean, you are, you know, you're still definitely, you know, young and have so much ahead of you, but you've been a financial news anchor at Bloomberg and and then worked in the financial industry. Obviously you work some in the music industry. 
you, you know, concert pianists, all of that. Talk to us about sort of where your passion lies and how this background of doing all these different things sort of brought you to entrepreneurship and to founding Hello Ava. Yeah, I, I wouldn't ever say that I found a Hello Ava is a, like a cultivation of a lot of these things kind of coming together. I think it's just one era of my life journey, like the next one could be something else potentially too. So I think I, I, there's so many fa- multifaceted sides of human beings that I love to explore. I think I, my last couple of years of professional life, I had the fortune to explore a few different sides of myself. So kind of went back to my college years. So the first job I got was to work at, you know, record label because I was very interested in seeing if I can combine my passion in music and my classical music training and also my training in business and economics because that's what I ended up picking. But I didn't quite like the speed and I didn't quite like kind of how slow it was. Uh, I didn't feel challenged and I felt like if this is the first job I'm going to have after college, it needs to be a little more than that. So I looked around and I looked at in school, I, I was in college at Stanford and I was looking around to see what is the hardest to get or the most desirable jobs uh, that everyone wants to get. And back then, to, back in 2011, it wasn't today. So today it will be obviously everyone wants to go into tech. But back then, I would say still consulting, banking are like very popular, you know, because people felt like that was a good first step and then you could get amazing training and you can go anywhere afterwards. So that I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do then. But then I also want to make sure that I'm actually following my heart, not like selling my soul out by being an investment banker. So I wanted to pick an area that I was actually interested in. So obviously I was interested in music, but that was not that easy to kind of put into investment banking because I'm not covering like, you know, all the record labels anymore. But I do think that I was very good at macroeconomics because I was an economics major. So I, you know, out of all the classes I've taken, out of all the projects I've, I've done, I would say my best area is kind of a macro and a policy side. So I decided that I'm going to find something that hopefully can combine my interest in public policy and economic policy and macro and apply it to the investment banking world. And that's actually not that difficult to find because a lot of bankers requires a very deep understanding of what's going on in the world. Sure. So my uh, after I got out of college, my first job which I end up taking is a financial analyst at Morgan Stanley based in New York and focused on the interest rate sales desk. And I was very lucky to be assigned to cover all the central banks around the world who will be trading with Morgan Stanley. So let's pivot into talking about Hello Ava. And you, you talked earlier about how you never thought you were going to be an entrepreneur. And yet here you, you know, founded a company, Hello Ava. So tell us a little bit about Hello Ava and how you backed into doing it. So I wouldn't say I never wanted to be. I never thought that would be, but I always had some inspirations inside of me that I felt it was cool to become an entrepreneur, but I didn't think that I had that God and I didn't think that I had an idea to do it. My parents both are entrepreneurs and they build great companies. So I always looked up to them. I grew up kind of going to their offices, companies and factories and where they make this stuff. I would say it's part of the DNA to, to see the world this way. And I always thought that after business school, I would go back to finance, which is where I came from. But kind of where it all transformed was in the second year doing my MBA curriculum in Stanford, we got a chance to, you know, try on a lot of 
entrepreneurship classes. And it's part of it is because we are so close to Silicon Valley and we have a lot of great network of uh, alumni and resources, also, you know, funding sources. It's very easy to pick up, just pick up a class and be like, okay, let me just try what this feels like. And then I can decide later whether I want to pursue it or not. And then one of the classes I picked up was this class, which kind of changed my entire life path called uh, Lean Launchpad, which is a great class that taught you how to use the lean startup methodology to build something, but without going 100% in like first stage. Right. So what it really means is that you kind of want to figure out what is the MVP of that final product you want to build, MVP standing for minimal viable product, so that you can test out a value proposition before you put like 200% into this project. And that was really actually inspirational to me because I always felt like, no, if you want to build a business, you need to just go straight up there and you need to build a perfect product. But that's not how technology product is built. You need to figure out, you know, what is a proxy of that perfect product you want to build at like probably one tenth or one hundredth of the cost and then build it out, test it out, find some users, have them test it, give you feedback, iterate on it. And then maybe through a few iterations, you eventually get there instead of just like build a perfect thing and pray that it's going to work because it probably won't. So that was really, really inspirational to me. Um, And then I remember the idea that I brought into this class, which I used these Lean Startup methodology on, was very similar to the Hello Ava idea. And this idea came from kind of backtrack to when I was in college. I've never worked in the beauty industry before, but I've always had a lot of problems with my own skin. And I've always been a big consumer in the beauty industry. I've, you know, have tried a lot of products. I didn't really know what works for me. I still was like going through all these trial and errors. I then asked my friends to help. They gave me all these great recommendations. I bought them, didn't work, right? So I ended up wasting a lot of money. And I realized this is a pain point that hasn't really been solved. And it was shared by so many women. Everyone talked about, you know, the trial and errors they had to go through and they still don't know what works. And And it's expensive too. Exactly. Yeah. And I usually, and it's the thing with like skincare or beauty products that once you use it, you can't really, you know, return it or you can't really just like, it's hard. So, and then you also get all these prescriptions from dermatologist product that might also might not work. So like there's all these problems with one size fits all approach in the industry today that is not really what like consumers need and that it's not enough. Right. So we looked into a lot of like other verticals, like how has technology got in and then changed people's behavior in a way that can personalize their solution? And can machine actually do a better job than human at finding you your perfect match? And we realized that the answer is actually yes. And there are already other verticals are doing similar things and you're seeing the revolution happening, but it just hasn't happened in the beauty yet. So one of the analogy that we saw, which is really, really incredible. And we're like, had like a kind of like aha moment was dating apps. So, Dating apps wasn't really kind of quite there five years ago. Not, not like I wasn't on dating apps because there's not a lot of dating apps there when I was in college. But now everyone is on it if you're single. And there's so many offerings of dating apps. And we kind of trust that like the algorithm can do a better job, you know, finding my love of my life better than a human matchmaker could, right? In a much more efficient way and get to much bigger scale. So then we're like, okay, this is really 
really encouraging. So can we potentially do something like this, but then also help people find the best match for their skin? And then through whatever way we could, like whether by collecting a lot of data about this person and also a lot of feedback about other people who are similar to her, what they have used, and then consolidate these data. And then hopefully using all of that, we can figure out what works for you. We think that this is very uh, exciting and we should work on it. Very cool. Well, and, and it makes sense if you can put in enough data about what's happening with your skin, just like if you're at the dermatologist and you're trying to drill down on what the problem is, you know, similar concept there. So that's really interesting. Since we're kind of all about those incredible role models, and I know you talk about your parents as role models, you know, particularly, you know, your mom, it sounds like she was one heck of a role model for you. So we'd love just to hear a little bit about her story and, you know, and how that made an impact on you. Yeah, so I think for my mother, one of the biggest inspiration I got from her is how much education has changed people's lives. So as I mentioned earlier, I grew up overseas, immigrant. I grew up in China till I was 16. I came here from college. And we had one of the biggest tragedy. China had a cultural revolution, which is really you know, damaging to the entire generation because college education was paused for entire 10 years. It was terrible, right? Because of part of this whole ideologies and it was a wrong that definitely a wrong decision by the party so my parents both got a little affected by that but my mother who was a little luckier when she finished high school it was the first year college education finally kind of got revamped and you can finally apply to college again but then she was a little young she was only 15 and she was like you know what like I think I'm pretty good in school I I don't want to wait for another year I understand this year is going to be very difficult because there's like 10 years of people, you know, all waiting to get to college. So it's probably 10 times more competitive, but I will give it a try. And she did. And she was the only woman in her, I think, entire city or region that got into a really amazing college. And she was one of the only five women in her entire class, which has like, I think, over 100 people because she studied engineering. So I looked back, right, like at her story, like she had to go through so much more challenges and obstacles like, you know, with the whole thing about cultural revolution, not having, like not being able to go to college and all of a sudden to transform that into kind of her advantage and decide to go to college at the age of 15 at a year that's like much more competitive than normal and became one of the few women in her class and definitely the youngest person in her class as well. So I just look at that courage and I was like, that's just very admirable, right? Like, I don't know if I definitely wouldn't be able to do that. I don't even think that I would be good enough in school to be able to get it. So that kind of started, like, I just felt like, you know, you can't always limit yourself because what's going on in the world, you have to kind of sometimes take a chance and just trust your gut and try it. If you don't try, you never know. And that's kind of what she did. So then after college, you know, she studied engineering. And then later on, she started building a company with my father together. And that was also a huge leap because she's giving up like an amazing job working in one of the leading, you know, steel companies, which back then was considered one of the best jobs in OE and state-owned enterprise back in China. And she gave that up and went to a completely different city. She was in Beijing before, and she went to a coastal city called Guangzhou with my father to start export-import business. That to me was just like also crazy to me. Like I would never probably have made that kind of decision as she did. And she obviously done really well for herself compared to if she still stayed at that big SOE company, especially yeah. at that age when I think I was born and then she had me, and, but she didn't really feel like she's going to sacrifice because right. she felt like she could have both and balance it. So they, they raised me together 
when they're also building the business. And a lot of the decision my dad made, I would say 80% of them was pushed by my mother. My mother will always say like, why don't you email this person? Why don't you send him a letter? Back then, I don't think people use email a lot, but so why don't you send him a letter so that it could create more business opportunity? She's, she right. was truly a hustler before hustler was even a word. Yeah, and she created this, right? She created what hustler is. She pushed my dad to create a lot of opportunities for themselves instead of waiting for opportunities to land on them. And that to me was just so incredible. I don't know where she got this drive from, but it was like really amazing. And I saw that in her when she was only 15, like much right. younger than I am now. And it was just incredible to see that. Yeah, sounds like a lot of that rubbed off on you, which is awesome. You know, I think that especially we talk about this a lot in the United States about this confidence gap with with women and so much of it is this see it to be it, right? We need to start seeing role models who are doing these things. And you had that growing up, which is really incredible because a lot of people don't have that and they're still seeking that because they don't understand that they have the power to do something. They can see it if they can see someone else walking that path. So that's really incredible. What's the best advice that you have gotten that kind of was instrumental in, in your career journey thus far? I think I've definitely got a lot of amazing advice. Uh, the most recent one I got was from my teachers who taught me entrepreneurship back at back in this class I mentioned. They basically said to me that you have a lot of great options. You're a very smart girl. You went to Harvard, Stanford, and you have a great family who supports you. You have so many amazing things ahead of you. However, if you don't take a chance yourself now, when is that going to be? Like you will never find a good time. So basically what they said to me was that if I think they quoted to John Lewis or someone, there was basically a very famous quote from John Lewis that says, if not now, then when? If not us, then who? So you wanted to action now because if you got to take a chance, you can't wait. Everyone can dream, especially in America. We are all dreamers, but only the people who can execute actually can make something happen. And then same thing with what, if not us, then who? Like, if you don't do this idea, someone else might do it, and then you're going to regret. Because you're someone special, and you're someone who is truly done a lot of hard work. This is when, basically, the God has chosen you, and you got to just do it. So that's kind of a piece of great advice I felt like has really resonated with me and encouraged me to, you know, take a chance on myself and not worry about, like, what if it fails or what if this doesn't go well? Because those will come, but they will figure out. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, as we're kind of closing up here, I'd love to just do our speed round where we get to know a little bit more about you. But what does your morning routine look like? So I would usually go through a pretty extensive skincare routine that's recommended to me by my own company, Hello Eva, personalized <laughs> to my regimen, which involves toner, a serum, and always finish with a sunscreen. And I love it. It makes me feel confident, beautiful, ready to go. That's awesome. And what are you currently reading or listening to? Yeah, so I'm actually reading a new book called uh, China Mission, which is about a failed mission Marshall had right after the World War II because I finally finished the TV show The Americans, <laughs> which oh, yeah. I started back in 2013, never actually finished it. Finally decided to binge watch it because I saw some interview about Carrie Russell being yes. lead, and I love her very much. I think she's also, again, that like, kind of goes back a role model woman. Uh, I decided, to, you know what, I have two more seasons, I'll just finish it. And that <laughs> got me interested in the whole Cold War history, which I didn't really know too much, honestly, before. I, I knew some, but like not enough. And I realized there's actually an untold history because I, I studied history back in 
in China, which is quite unbiased, I would say. Um, and I didn't realize this part of the history after the World War II that Marshall actually went to China trying to start unified the government, trying to make sure the civil war doesn't happen between the communists and the republic. So I'm reading that book, trying to learn more. And, and apparently that didn't go well. So that's why the communists. Very interesting. So what's one thing you can't live without? One thing I can't live without. Oh, that's going to be a boring one. I guess my phone <laughs> or phone <laughs> and my computer. Especially when you're in the throes of the startup world, right? You're constantly glued to it. And then what's one piece of advice you would give your 10-year-ago self? So 10 years ago when you're starting out, like if you were to look back, what would you tell that girl? I would have told her to read more biographies of people that she looks up to. I didn't realize how much that has impacted my life by reading just people's life and find like paths I can potentially, you know, imitate and, you know, learn from and inspired by. Yeah. It's having role models. It's our whole reason for being. So I think that's awesome and a great place. So tell everybody before we sign off here where they can check out Hello Ava. Yeah, super easy. If they just go on the website, helloeva.co.co, it's free. So they can just click on start the skincare quiz and then can go through the entire personalized journey. And I'd love to send over a code for the audience that you can use my friends and family code, which is Siki, S-I-Q-I-20. That will get you a discount for your first purchase. Oh, that's awesome. S-I-Q-I-20 is the code. Yeah. yeah, we'll put that in the links as well. Yeah, it will basically uh, give people 20% off of the entire purchase. Oh, that's wonderful. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Well, I really appreciate your time today and appreciate you sharing so openly, not only about your journey, but also about your mom. I think that's really, really special. Thank you for being so open and sharing that. I know that our listeners got a lot out of it. And we will definitely be watching Hello, Ava, and everything that you do next. Thank you so much. And it was such an honor to be here. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free daily newsletter and audio brief, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Let us know your thoughts or what you want to hear next from at On The Dot Woman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're here to help you become the best boss babe you are meant to be. 